Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench. Roy here with you until 7 p.m. And a packed show coming your way over the next hour. We'll be going live to Croke Park in just a second. We're Cork are taking on Dublin in the All-Ireland Football Championship quarter-final. A big test for the Rebels. Hitting up more in hope than expectation, it's fair to say. But stranger things have happened. Can Cork beat the Dublin? goes live to John McCarthy there in just a second. Also on the show tonight, we have an exclusive interview with FAI boss Stephen Kenny, who I spoke to last night at Turner's Cross. We'll be talking to John O'Shea of The Echo about Cork City and Cove Ramblers and that 1-0 win for City and plenty more as well. You're listening to The Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Delighted you could join us here on the Big Red Bench. It's, uh, yeah, kind of getting nervous now watching uh, the Cork players just line up for the anthem here. Um, Cork up against it, against the dubs, it is fair to say. And Croke Park, um, busy but not full. Of course, the second game of two today. Derry had a big win over Clare. We'll get to details on that one in just a second. And we'll go live to Jeremy McCarthy in just a bit as well um, to uh, get a preview of the game. The game just about to start and just a couple of changes uh, for the dubs. A change for Cork as well and we'll get to details on that. But the, the players just lining out there and yeah, <laughs> I'm nervous. Absolutely nervous. It's going to be a, a long uh, 70 minutes uh, for me watching this as a Cork fan. But could be a shock. There could be a shock in the cards. As I said, stranger things have happened. Uh, not so much of a shock uh, in the opening game where Derry had a comfortable win over Clare Willow Callaghan. I uh, was watching this one. Derry are through to their first All-Ireland semi-final since 2004 following a 5-13-2-8 win against Clare. Shane McGuigan scored 1-8-1-7 from play with Conor Glass, Benny Heron and Garrett McKinless and Paul Cassidy also hitting the net for the Ulster champions as they eased to a 14-point victory against the banner. Heron and Glass both raised green flags in the opening 15 minutes as they raced into a two goals and a point to no-score lead here before Owen Cleary kicked Clare's opening point in the 16th minute. Pierce Lillis scored a goal from a tight angle in the 30 third minute to give a Clare team competing in their first quarter final since 2016 some hope but Derry responded at the opposite end with Cassidy smashing the ball to the net to put them nine points up at half time. McKinless ran from deep five minutes into the second half to hit Derry's fourth goal and the game was killed as a contest when McGuigan sealed a superb individual performance with a goal of his own in the 48th after Owen Cleary's stalker style finished to the net for Clare. McGuigan was also named the man of the match. Derry now await the winners of tomorrow's clash of Armagh and Galway. It's finished Derry Five goals and 13 points. Clare, two goals and eight. Well, being from Derry myself, I was absolutely delighted with that uh, performance and that result uh, for Derry. Dark horses for the All Ireland Football Championship. It's uh, an incredible performance uh, from the, the Oakleaf County today. So, yeah, uh, my beloved Derry, a uh, great win uh, for them today. Hopefully, my beloved Cork uh, can get. Uh, uh, make it a perfect day for me in Croke Park uh, it's just underway there and uh, yeah uh, it's Dublin attacking Hill 16 in the uh, first half there but uh, we're into the opening stages Ger McCarthy is in Croke Park for us and Ger as I mentioned at the top of the show Cork going up more in hope than expectation but as I said stranger things have happened Indeed Rory I mean that that's the uh, consensus really I think for most Cork supporters who've made the journey up to Croke Park 
hope more than expectation. Dublin 12-point favourites heading into this game and just with just cause having put five goals past Kildare the final and it is the dogs as I speak to you that have hit the front uh, through Cormac Costello he split the post after just two minutes quite opening uh, Cork had one chance of Brian Hurley putting it wide with his first attack at, at goal but it's the dogs who've gotten off to the best start here Cormac Costello putting it making it one point to nil big crowd in and there seems to be quite a lot of red and white jerseys uh, they could be Derry fans as well for the first game uh, but uh, it seems and it sounds like there's a good Cork contingent here which is encouraging Cork up against it and at the moment a point down yeah and a couple of changes for the dubs Joe as well uh, yes Rory there's three changes on the Dublin starting team Desi Farrell has brought in Johnny Cooper Niall Scully and Paddy Small in for James McCarthy Larkin O'Dell and Conor Callan, which is a big loss the, the latter there Conor Callan. Um senior inter-county hurler Owen o- uh, Donald is on the substitutes bench and one change on the Cork lineup. Paul Rink from Ahabulag replaces Kilnamartra's Dan Deneen in the starting lineup. Cork have started well, they started confidently, had a first shot at goal that's gone wide um, and thankfully, unlike the first game, uh, this looks like a much more open match with don't we don't have two sets of 15 behind the ball. Cork are moving the ball at, at pace now and certainly seem confident, but they have to be very, very careful on the break against this Dublin mm. team. Even without the trio that I mentioned there, they're still one of the best in the country at uh, breaking at speed and punishing you, just like they did it to Kildare and all the teams they've played this year, but especially Kildare in the Leinster final. But Cork have started confidently, they're playing well, moving the ball at pace, and there's a breakaway here now with Ian McGuire, he's bursting through, and an opportunity for Cork possibly to get their first shot away, but they don't. Uh, big crowd in, as we said, Rory, good atmosphere, and let's hope we get the match mm. to, uh, to benefit it. And as I speak, a shot from... Cork's Carlo Manny from way out distance has actually levelled it up. Brilliant score from Carlo Manny there. Uh, his first touch of the game. He split the post after four minutes. So just coming up to the fifth minute here in Crow Park. It's one point apiece. And slightly off topic, Gerber, just watching the match on TV <laughs> here. There seems to be about 100 seagulls uh, flying around Crow Park obstructing the view of the camera. I didn't want to mention it, Rory, but I do <laughs> want some protection money from Redditon for any future trips to Crow Park. I have watched the film The Birds. Ask your grandparents, kids, what that is. And I am scared something less, and I'd rather not say. And it's, uh, I have enough to be dealing with without the seagulls attacking. And that's what they're doing, attacking the journalists. Uh, but look, we'll just have to get on with it. That, that's what you do when you're a freelance journalist. You have to put up with these kind of dangers. Well, as you know, Joe, when the seagulls follow the trawlers because they think sardines will be thrown <laughs> into the sea. Uh, Joe, thanks for having me. Check back in with you in a bit. Nice one. Talk to you then, sir. That's uh, Jeremy McCarthy there up in uh, Croke Park for us. A point apiece, uh, Dublin and Cork uh, in this uh, All-Ireland Football Championship quarterfinal. And as I mentioned, yeah, uh, to Jer, it's uh, more in hope than expectation, but it's uh, fairly level-pegging at uh, the uh, opening stage. And that was a great point uh, for the Rebels, um, but a point apiece is how things stand there at the moment. Cork's ladies footballers also in action. Today they are taking on Waterford, and it's Waterford lead there. Uh, well, it's actually Cork who've gone back into the lead. It's Cork 1-6, Waterford 1-5. A good day for uh, the Cork Masters as well today. Uh, their first win of this year's campaign, defeating uh, London in the Parky Creeve 4G pitch, uh, 1-9 to 8 points uh, there. So congratulations to uh, the Cork Masters and indeed my brother-in-law, John Paul O'Driscoll, who is part of that uh, Cork team. Elsewhere, as we mentioned, uh, Derry, the first team into the All Ireland Football Championship semi finals. A great win as they put clear to the Sword 5 at 13 2 8 was how that finished. So it's uh, a la- uh, first uh, last four clash for the Oakleaf County since 2004. It's going to be a Connacht Derby in this year's All Ireland Minor Football Championship final. Galway will play Mayo in the decider. The tries going to be Derry 2 9 to 1 11 at Parnell Park. Mayo getting the better of Kerry. 
1829 points. As I mentioned, the All Ireland Ladies Football Championships, Waterford leading uh, Cork, or Cork leading Waterford by a single point at the moment. Um, 19218. That game being played in Port Leash today. Dublin have gone two points, two one up. Uh, six minutes gone there. Also, in a more parked up and taken on Mayo. That is at 7.15 this evening. Elsewhere, Kerry beat Westmeath 2.17 to nine points at Fitzgerald Stadium. The Kingdom into the last eight with that victory. In Group 2, Armagh booking their place in the quarterfinal, getting past Monaghan by 2.12 to four points. Cavan will play Monaghan in the relegation playoff after they were beaten by Tipperary 2.16 to one eight at Kingspan Breffney Park. Galway have kept up their 100% record in Group 2 of the Senior Camogie Championship. They've beaten Antrim today 2.17 to six points was the full-time score from that game. Elsewhere, Limerick came from behind to move into the quarterfinal spots. Cueva Costello scoring 2.10 as they beat down 2.11 to 12 points. Earlier, Kilkenny beat Offaly at Nolan Park 3.17 to 2.7 is how things stand there, uh, or how it finished, I should say, in that game. Uh, Dublin uh, certainly looking very strong, attacking corporate. It's, it's, it's very, very close as things stand at the moment. Dublin just two points to one up. And as we mentioned, we'll go back to Jura in just a little bit for, for more on that. But yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I will uh, not relax until uh, this game is over. It's, it's a huge game for Cork, it's a huge game for interim boss John Cleary. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a nerve, nervy, fraught game uh, for those watching uh, today. Uh, right in golf, uh, Roy McIlroy looking to get his Travellers Championship uh, campaign back on track uh, today after a weird second day. He had seven birdies yesterday, but he also had an eight on the par four twelve. He shot a second to seventy. He's on eight under par. He's uh, just out in the course. Uh, Seamus Power goes out in the course in just a couple of minutes. Uh, McIlroy though was at pains uh, to uh, point out he did get seven birdies yesterday, but he does admit it was a weird day. Feel like I let a lot of guys into the golf tournament because of it, but um, you know, it's it's still it's only it's only two rounds. There's two rounds left, and, and a lot of golf left. Elsewhere, Stephanie Meadows in a tie for tenth in her third round at the Women's PGA Championship, the third major of the year. She's level par after nine holes so far today, two under all round. Leona Maguire, meanwhile, is in a tie for sixty fourth on five over for the tournament. She's three over par after eleven today. The Korean Chun Ing Ji leads by five strokes on eleven under. Serena Williams, meanwhile, says she feels ready to challenge for the Wimbledon title after taking a break from tennis to recover physically and mentally. The twenty-three time Grand Slam champion hasn't played since going out in the first round at the All England Club with a hamstring injury last year she's been asked if this year's championships which start on Monday could be her final appearance you know I don't know I can only tell you that I'm here and who knows where I'll pop up next you just gotta be ready and in racing, the favourite West overtook the big race of the day at the car of the Dubai duty-free Irish Derby. Colin Keane appended a spare, leading the 11 to 8 shot to victory with Pizbadil in second and French claim in third as a first win in the famous race for British trainer Ralph Beckett. All right, we pack show coming your way between now and 7pm. Uh, uh, we have an exclusive interview with Stephen Kenny. That's coming up at 6.30 this evening. As uh, we talk uh, all things uh, League of Ireland with Stephen Kenny, of course, obviously the Ireland job, but it was good crack to talk to him about his uh, League of Ireland memories, both with Derry, with Longford, with, uh, with of course, Dundalk. So we'll be talking to Stephen Kenny uh, a little, little, little bit later on in the show. It'll be about half past six this evening. And uh, a great chat with Stephen. Great to chat to him and uh, great to speak to him uh, at Turners Cross. So that exclusive interview coming up at half past six. Uh, John Shea is up shortly. Going to hear from him talking about uh, Cork City and uh, Cove Ramblers last night and also Kelly Harrington. 
will be on the show tonight. I spoke to Kelly recently, uh, so it's going. We're going to talk to Kelly uh, about, uh, I suppose, everything boxing and how her life has changed and and uh, her plans, I suppose, uh, for the next while. So, yeah, going to talk to Olympic gold medalist Kerry Harrington on the show a little bit later on as well. But we are going to talk football and Cork City's uh, win over Cove Ramblers last night. Uh, a 1-0 win, a hard-fought victory for City against the Cove Ramblers side who were under uh, interim boss Ivan Bevan for the first time following the departure of Darren Murphy last week. And... Uh, it was uh, a tough, tough, tough night conditions-wise. Anyway, lots of rain. Not a nice night for football. Cork City had to work hard, but they got the win uh, in the end. Thanks to substitute Dara Crowley scoring um, at uh, in the second half. Could have been a lot more. Sean Barron pulled off one of the the best saves I've ever seen in the flesh from a King Coleman header last night. Uh, Josh Honan had a goal, a goal ruled out for offside. Uh, Ramblers had their chances too. They were decent, and uh, yeah, it remains to be seen who they will uh, get in to replace. Uh, Darren Murphy who was let go last week after that 3-0 defeat to Wexford Ramblers just two wins in their 19 games now this season but uh, John O'Shea is uh, the Echo reporter for Cove Ramblers and uh, uh, the Cove Ramblers reporter for the Echo I should say and uh, I got a chance to speak with John uh, just before we came in there Alright for more on City's win over uh, Cove Ramblers last night delighted to be joined by uh, Cove Ramblers uh, reporter for the Echo Mr John O'Shea John how are you boy? I'm very good, Roy. Thanks, thanks for having me. John, wasn't um, a classic by any stretch of the imagination last night. It was a very good three points for Cork City as they went top of the table. Um, and that's all the Cork City were concerned about, I suppose, last night. Yeah, definitely. And you know, considering the players that they were like the missing, there, there, there's quite a few guys who people might, you might have done the starters of Cork City that come into the team, like even first and foremost, Ellie Gilchrist, who... In my mind, probably he's been Cox, he's best signing since Shawnee McGuire, in my opinion. But he, so he's a real leader at the back, and he's been a massive difference from this year. But like, I, I just think there's a high case for, especially when there's three games in the week coming up now as well. It was just a case, ultimately, I'd say when Colin Healy and the City players reflect on that, it's ultimately just pick up the three points, and it, it, it could be a big three points come the end of the season, ultimately, with results elsewhere in like with, um, with Galway um, being held scoreless at home to. To a well organised Treaty United side, so to, I think ultimately I think that, that was the most satisfying thing, and to, it probably like the first half. To be honest, it, it, it probably there was there was probably more entertainment. Um, even a couple of guys in the press box were saying, you know, "Should we have gone to Lewis Capaldi um, last night?" Maybe in the first half, but um, <laughs> don't, <laughs> but um, don't say like. But then, I don't know. Was it just, maybe just the, the weather, and maybe just the, the maybe the just I don't the, 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 and even the crowd. It, it, it just maybe. There's just maybe something that turns in a derby bite of a game, but in terms of like this, I think the second half though it lightened up and then even he coxed he up the gear. I say Conn Healy probably had a few words with the players at halftime, so they, they looked up a gear and so ultimately you know, City probably just about maybe shaders maybe in, in the second half, but I, I think it was a game as well. Cove could have very easily picked got something from it as well. Another night. And um, had they gotten a point out of that, I don't think anyone would deny them that because they were very, very well organised. They defended very well. They defended deep, but they defended well, and they had a very clear game plan going into the game at Turner's Cross, and it nearly came off for them. It did, and you know you're kind of thinking as well in terms of the timing of the game, like after the run that they had been on, obviously losing away to Athlone uh, in a kind of demoralising way, probably. Um, and then the week after losing at home, like, the, the, the week previous, 
losing to Wexford um, 3 at home and then ultimately unfortunately then parting ways with, um, with Darren Murphy you know, you're, and then you're, you're thinking maybe is, this, is it a good time to be playing Cork City or is it a bad time in terms of just the, the form they've been on but I think in fairness like to, to even Devon and the, and the interim management team that came in last night you know, and, and they wouldn't have had much time to, to work on anything major like I think you even like, even what is it, like in the press conference during the week before the game like, it's only like two or three sessions and then they're into the match the derby in fairness they, they, they did seem to show things up and whatever work they did do it, it it certainly seemed to have paid off last night and ultimately uh, credit to the players as well for going out and, and putting the mm. performance that they did they, they were putting bodies on the line they weren't afraid to kind of get stuck into tackles to, to, to deny city space and deny them opportunities to create chances and even on the ball as well they looked like the Connor Drynan and like in my mind from the two sides last night and I think I saw even on the on the LOE TV the man of the match went to Sean McGrath Cox mm. I don't know for Ramblers former Cox yeah. and the 19 player but McGrath for, for, he, was, he was one of the he looked a real threat for Ramblers last night when he got on the ball and like at least like they had chance and even at the end there Sean McGrath had a great chance Jonas Hackenden had to make a last ditch kind of goal line clearance and if that if that if that if he didn't make that clearance, it could have very easily been one all, and Cove would have gone back down down the road with a with a point. Like it was definitely something, definitely uh, given the given the week, it would have been it was a brave effort and after a tough week for the for the club, and it, it was a it was a, an overall. I think the, the players can ultimately though the, the resulting goal away, it, it, it was definitely something they can look back and take a few positive signs from, and I think ultimately as well, going down the going down the road from here to the rest of the season. Whoever does come in as a as a permanent manager, there's definitely a few signs, and with some of the young players there as well, there's definitely something to work with to try to, and if if they get the right appointment right, to hopefully drive the club on now and mm. hopefully finish the season as strongly as they can. And that is the million dollar question, John: is that who will come in to replace uh, Darren Murphy? Now we were on the press conference call with uh, Ivan Bevan on Wednesday and he was asked a couple of times that he want the job on a permanent basis and he said look I have to go and get a result so I turn his cross first and I figured if I get a call on Saturday um, I'd be stupid not to take it because there's only 19 jobs in the country um, what have you been hearing about um, the managerial situation and are Ramblers going to appoint someone permanently now or are they just going to go with someone on an interim basis until the rest of the season and deal with it in the off season but- the, the, the kind of thing I was getting even just around the ground even talking to in, in, in the press box and even around the, after the game last night that there could be maybe some potentially some kind of an announcement maybe early next week with regards to a permanent successor so if that, if that was the case it kind of lead me to suggest maybe that they, 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 they decided on who's possibly taking over for the rest of the season before the game last night so whether whether, whether that be Ivan Bevan for example I'd say would have he certainly would have done his his causes no harm whatsoever after the after the performance last night. But he's a I think he will have a key role regardless anyway. Even if they do bring in a new permanent first team manager because we, with his role as the head of youth development at the club, um, or even Bevan is in that position at the moment. And I think whoever's coming in is I think they're going to have to work kind of closely with someone like Ivan and really kind of put a bit of a structure and even a longer term. I think that's the way it'll probably in terms of a longer term appointment trying to to build from the ground and blood like uh, make it a very academy centric focused and being guys through and which they kind of have done in, uh, over the last couple of years anyway and uh, there's even signs last night as well Mike McCarthy another guy who, who COVID brought through themselves into the into the first team like I think in, if in terms of 
who who if if it's not even Bevan, who who are you thinking? Um, there's probably obviously on the doorstep down in Cove one name I suppose would stick out straight away. Um, Stephen Henderson, obviously with the pro license mm. and given his I saw his history with the club as well, and like he's really the in terms like really in terms of the he he know the area, he knows the club, and really on the resources he really had them pushing in bright pushing for promotion and even getting to the National Cup final in 2018 um, against Derry City the League Cup um, like, I think I, I, I'm not sure them. Well, I, I, I thought even in the week there's possible there's some connection possibly even like Declan Coleman the Coxity coach could be some guy that could possibly be linked as well given his he has the UFA licence which is the requirements to manage in the first division obviously he's cock based and he would know the league but I, I I would I would tell you it, it, that that would probably be highly unlikely given considering he was in the dugout with Colin Lee last night yeah. um, in in the Cox City so I I think he's probably pretty content where he is at City and he's he's, he's, he's I say he's a key part of Colin Healy's first team management uh, like I think other than that maybe for looking outside of Cox is the is there names that is one name that that seems to be kind of doing the rounds that that could be possibly linked is um Shane Keegan the the mm. former Wexford Galway and then. Um, Dundalk first team manager like I, he seems like the kind of guy as well who uh, if, if an opportunity if it was the right opportunity that he seemed that he would be keen to get back into a first team management and obviously with his track record obviously with Wexford as well in terms of bringing young fellas through and I think it, it, he would have been t- he would have taken a role Wexford from a similar position and he got them into the Premier Division so I, I'm not sure like if, if, if this is a job that might interest him but I think ultimately this like the case it's probably the core the club they've made great progress off the pitch in the last couple of years the work they're doing in terms of the community work and the collaborations with Burnley and Villarreal mm-hmm. they've done excellent work down there and like Bill O'Leary and, and, the, and the board and the committee have done some excellent work and they really deserve credit for that but you know the, the challenge is to kind of get the, the right appointment so on the field and on the pitch, that the that the, the progress ultimately is that, that that those things are there and that they can make kind of that that kind of progress on the pitch now going forward. And just a word on Darren Murphy, John, I suppose as well. Look, um, it was it was tough for him. I mean, like it just didn't happen from for whatever reason. But he is a very highly thought of coach, and no doubt he will be back. Oh yeah, I think absolutely. You know, and I think. You know, he really I think definitely it won't be the last and we'll see him in, in, in a football coaching capacity and even in, in League of Ireland I would say as well and it's just unfortunate this, 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 at this time that just the results weren't going from unfortunately like, even like, in the attack and even people would have seen maybe glimpses of last night like the attacking talent that's down like where some of the potential there like Ben you know Brian Whitmarsh like, he, he, was, he wasn't even involved he was injured last night I like he's one of the, the top scorers in the first division. I think only three players have scored more than he's like tally in the league. And then obviously Connor Drainan was a threat last night. Sean McGrath was another player who really did well. Jake, like Jake Hegarty is a good physical presence up front of the last night. And then like but you can see in the atta- the attacking third under Darren, the way he was trying to get them to play, like they've scored twenty one goals this season, Rory. And that's that, that that's only four less than Longford Town have scored and they're fourth. And it's only one less than Treaty who were in the, the final playoff spot. But it was just unfortunate for Darren. It was, it was at the, the opposite end of the pitch in terms of the goals against Collium. The Cove have the 48 goals conceded now at this stage. And I think ultimately, I think for all the, the, the tension that was there, I think it was probably the goals and they were being undone. And it, it was halting and just unfortunately halting the focus that Darren was making. And, 
and the, the plan he was trying to implement. Yeah, big time, yeah. Just uh, finally, John, just to, to bring things back to Cork City a bit, as we mentioned, they've gone top of the table um, as a result of last night's uh, game and uh, Galway drawing with Treaty. City go to Treaty on Friday, they are Monday, and then they play on Friday. But in three weeks' time, Cork City and Galway United going head-to-head at Turner's Cross, and that could be, John, the season-defining game. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, and it, 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 it's the way the season is going. It's like, I feel these games are season defining the call of the games. I, I was up at the game now in, in Galway a couple of weeks ago, and it felt you could just see by the reaction of the like the supporters and even like the play, like the react, like even David Harrington coming over, like he was fist, the fist pumping, celebrating in front of the crowd up in um, in Eamon DC Power. It felt like that it was a big win, and, and even like the Con Healy, the, 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 those kind of games that. Uh, the real battles and like John Caulfield won the first one down Turner's Cross early in the season like up in, up in Galway like Colin Healy outwitted maybe his master or he's a pit like old, in John Caulfield like, who, he, would, he would have learned a lot and he would like uh, John initially kind of would have appointed him as the head of the, mm. the underage system at Fox City so I'd say Colin would have in terms of his early days coaching he would have probably learned a lot and taken a lot of advice from John Caulfield so the way it's going it's a real ding dong battle and when when they come, when they when they clash in Turner's Cross in a couple of weeks' time, it's going to be another another fascinating encounter. But, but I think the key thing for Cox is, you know, in the interim, is to do the job. And I think they would have seen like like Treaty under Tommy Barrett that like he's doing a phenomenal job there as well with the resources, considering he has. And they're a very well organised side. And I think City, I think they 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 would be kind of um, they'd be foolish to look beyond um, the Treaty game Monday because they, Treaty show what they're capable of doing as well and keep. Being organised and keeping sides, and they, they, like Treaty could have, by all accounts, they had their chances to, to 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 win the game last night as well. So I think it's it's more or less it'll give it'll give Colin the legend indicator to go up there, be fully focused on the job at hand. Like you could, I I I definitely imagine like City scored four goals up there a couple of weeks ago against Treaty. I I'd be I'd be very surprised if if if, if it's anything other than it'll be it'll be a tough game up there, and it should be a much tougher game up there now on Monday night but I think the way City are fully focused and if they like, if, if they keep performing if they can do what they can do they, I think they're capable of winning any any game in this division and that's the mindset they, they have to go into it with and it's just ultimately try to get the job in Bray hopefully get get the right result in, or in Treaty get the right result in Bray next Friday and then they'll hope that they'll set up another crucial game in Turner's Cross and you know, as you say it could be season to find if City can pick up the three points there it really could um, it could set them on their way to being in a strong position for automatic promotion. Yeah, can't wait for that game. July 15th is going to be a massive occasion at Turner's Cross. John, as always, a pleasure, buddy. Thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench today. Cheers. Thanks so much, Rory. Yeah, how big is that game going to be uh, in Turner's Cross in a few weeks' time? Absolutely massive. Cork City, Galway United going head-to-head. What will be a top-of-the-table clash? Uh, yeah, cannot wait for that. July 15th, that is going to be absolutely massive. Full-time score from the All-Ireland Ladies Football Championship. A comfortable win for Cork in the end. 210-215. And uh, Dublin, of course, and Cork going head-to-head in the All-Ireland Football Championship uh, quarter-final. Cork certainly giving as good as uh, their getting but it is the Dubs who lead uh, as things stand at the moment 7 points to 4 is how it stands 25 minutes on the clock there uh, just going to go back to, uh, to Croke Park uh, Derry with that big win today over uh, Clare in the first of the quarter finals 
Um, going to hear now from uh, Derry boss uh, Rory Gallagher speaking uh, to the assembled media. Yeah, listen, that's uh, a way you know from the early season and you're into the really enjoyable part, you know, for for players and supporters and everything. But the groundwork has to be done, and you know, thankfully, you know, we we scored early on and we opened up the game. And to be honest, you we with a good idea, players. Game plan was going to be to keep the thing very tight and conservative, and you know, said so they set their stall out, conceding the kickout. So we wanted to open up the game as early as possible. And well, we missed a number of point chances. I thought we were, you know took the goals early on very well and. Left Clare, you know, with having to change tack, which didn't suit the way they wanted to go about it. What was able to respond? Even Paul Cassis through half time, sort of killed that spell they had. Yeah, listen, probably, you know, we became a wee bit nonchalant and a wee bit too much of a shootout, you know, from a defensive point of view. Once we got the second goal, and you know, we left a few gaps we wouldn't be happy with. But look, it was a great response and great quality. And look, it's great to see that quality coming through and that kind of ruthlessness and uh, some what I would call devastating brilliance from individuals. You know. Aye, listen, it's good scoring, so it is. You know, he's a very good player, but you know, Shane's very aware that uh, the other players, you know, are a crucial part of the way we go about things. But you know, the one quality Shane has at every occasion, he puts the team first, and you know, sometimes putting the team first means he has to, you know, come up with the shots. But he also is very much an awful lot of other qualities. Yeah, listen, look, the, the league meeting, you know, it was five weeks I think after Schluck Neil you know had been playing in uh, an All-Ireland semi-final we had no training the Glen players you know at all we niggles you know when they returned you know and the step up and training from club to county and our preparation wasn't good but at the same time we showed enough quality down there to win the game and look we've enjoyed our period you know since you know we've had everybody available from the break in the league really you know and we felt we've built you know we haven't been always you know we're far from perfect but we've done an awful lot right and you know the thing is now we, we have to improve massively going into the next game because hand and heart you know, with all due respect to Clare, you know, they haven't been in the latter stages. You know, Galway and Armagh, we maybe haven't been the, you know, the heavyweight teams in the sense that Armagh have been in Division 1 the last number of years. They've been to Donegal and Tyrone. Uh, you know, Galway, you know, have been in Division 1 apart from this year for the last four or five years and been in the All-Ireland semi-final and National League final. So, whoever comes down, it'll be a big step up. The score 5-13, well, we got the end in the park. Well, I don't know who said that. So I don't, uh, don't know how they could say that when we haven't been in Croke Park. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Listen, people are entitled to opinion. It's natural with ourselves. Like We're not a Dublin. We're not a Kerry who've been in Croke Park consistently. We're not a Mayo. We're not a Throne. So we aren't. Um, who have been here and put up scores. So it is. So I can understand the, uh, the cautiousness and the questioning from people. You know, you know, every day you're questioned. You've got to go and prove it. You know, Dublin are questioned at the minute, despite some of them having seven, eight all earns. And I can understand that. But I think today we proved we could score. But the next day we've got to prove the same. You're listening to the Big Red Bench on Corks Red FM. Rory here with you until 7 p.m. And that was Rory Gallagher there speaking after Jerry's uh, impressive win over Clare today to put them into the uh, semi-final of the All Ireland Senior Football Championship. Cork looking to join them, but it is the Dubs who lead eight points to five. The last score though coming from the boot of Stephen Sherlock, who has been in red hot form for the Rebels in this uh, championship. Eight points to five is how things stand at the moment, and uh, yeah. It's uh, Cork certainly well into that game. Uh, we're going to uh, take a quick break. We're going to hear from Republic of Ireland boss Stephen Kenny very, very shortly. We're going to go back and get an update uh, from Jur as well. So do stick with us. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. Delighted you could join us on the Big Red Bench here on this Saturday evening. Rory here with you until 7pm. And Cork and Dublin going head-to-head in the All-Ireland Football Championship final. At Nip and Tuck stuff, Ger McCarthy there for us. And Joe, the Rebels are certainly in this game. 
Very much so, Rory. It's only 10 points to 7 uh, that Dublin lead coming up to the end of the first half. A very entertaining first half. Uh, in which both sides have been uh, profiting in front of goal when they've had their chances. Um, Stephen Sherlock's having a fine game. He's got three points already, one mark, one free. And Brian Hurley's chipped in with a pair of points just prior to Owen McSweeney there, who just got an absolute cracker. Um, and as I speak, Sherlock is lining up a free, which would reduce the deficit further. He hits it up and high, but it's just gone wide. It's another one that's the fifth wide by, uh, by my reckoning here by Cork in the first half. Um, and those wides may as well costly but as it stands two minutes before half time yeah Cork definitely in the game and just down by three points If you were to listen to anyone outside of Cork uh, this week Ger, Dublin were expected to run away with this and, and win it easily what are Cork doing right up in Croke Park? The work rate Rory the work rate is the key thing here from 1 to 15 everybody is working hard to close down Dublin and I've just made the point here that they're making Dublin have had to work for every single score they've gotten this evening there's players chasing and harassing them um, one thing that's noticeable as a long ball goes in and our goalkeeper behind Mark comes out and gathers one thing that's very noticeable is the likes of Sean Powder and Kevin O'Donovan the two fullbacks who are used to uh, running up and down the wings a lot and they're staying back they're very much in defensive mode but it's working and uh, whatever Cork are doing and uh, moving the ball at pace, when they do get the opportunity to do so, they're getting it into their shooters, McSweeney, Sherlock and Hurley. And so far, they've taken their chances. Yeah, they've kicked five points, but they've also notched seven scores. And uh, they're keeping Dublin honest. I think that's the key thing. Um, in, in the Leinster final, Kildare kind of fell apart at one stage, conceded five goals in 22 minutes. I don't think there's any fear of that happening tonight simply because Cork are well organised good defensive shape and they're working 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 that's the key thing for me in this first half performance really. it is only coming up to half time remember but it's been very impressive with Cork thus far Alright Joe we'll leave it there we'll come back to you in a bit Thank you That's Joe McCarthy there in uh, Croke Park for us uh, Dublin and Cork 10 points to 7 Dublin leading and it is uh, yeah it's nip and tuck stuff and there is no reason why Cork can't win this game I'm actually getting a little bit nervous uh, now can Cork pull off a massive massive upset imagine how big an upset that would be Dubs are leading though 10 points to 7 so things stand there at the moment hello to Johnny who's uh, listening in text us in he's listening from Wales thanks for joining us Johnny and I uh, hope you are enjoying the show alright we are going to uh, talk football now again and last night uh, at Turners Cross uh, Republic of Ireland manager Stephen Kenny uh, was in attendance uh, it was great to have Stephen Kenny there and uh, he was his first game back as Republic of Ireland manager uh, uh, to, to watch a game at Turners Cross uh, luckily I got a chance to speak to him in an exclusive interview last night uh, it was a great pleasure to talk to Stephen and uh, we chatted a lot about his League of Ireland days and of course obviously the Republic of Ireland and where things are going and, and criticism of him and all that but I really enjoyed talking to him about um, Derry City and, and, and his time at Longford Town and his time of course with Dundalk uh, so it was a really really interesting chat uh, so this is my chat uh, with uh, the Republic of Ireland boss uh, Stephen Kenny uh, which took place uh, after the game at Turner's Cross last night Joined here at Turners Cross by Republic of Ireland manager Stephen Kenny. Stephen, how are you, boy? Yeah, very well, thanks. Good to see you back at Turners Cross. I'd say it's been a while, is it? Uh, yeah, it has been a while, yeah. I am seeing Cork in, in Europe a couple of years ago, but I haven't been here in a while. Yeah. Um, do you miss the hustle and bustle of League of Ireland management? Yeah, I'm listen. to do on Friday nights, I'd say, coming to Turners Cross and seeing other clubs. Yeah. Uh, Turners Cross has been a, an, an amazing venue in the league, really. You know, it's been. I've had uh, some some great and some not so great experiences here you know I think yeah and um, so it's uh, you know it was an interesting game for me tonight I enjoyed the game mm. enjoyed seeing uh, 
Cork play against Cove, of course. And uh, so, you know, obviously, David Harrington's been in the under 21 squad. I was interested to see what he was like mm. uh, playing for Cork here. And uh, it's quite imposing. Obviously, he wasn't really busy on the night, but everything he did, he, did, he was very commanding, very mm. decisive. He kicks it a mile, doesn't he? You know, <laughs> when, he, when it, when it goes. And, uh, he, he, you know, his distribution is very good. Uh, I haven't seen much Josh Honan obviously mm. at the back very composed good decision making very good on the ball for, for one that plays in the middle of the back three and uh, the best player for me tonight was uh, Kane Bargery. Yeah, you know I thought he was really good and I thought he looks like someone has an, another gear and you know really exciting player can play the left wing back weren't getting the ball enough to him probably early yeah. on and then played right wing back and and a very good skill and, and uh, direct so I thought he was the best player in the park tonight of course talking of Cork goalkeepers you have of course Cuevin Kelleher in your senior set up he was in for Gavin Bazuna the last couple of games and you can see why Liverpool rate him so highly yeah well like I say but he's played six consecutive games now so uh, he's got eight caps I think Cuevin so he's uh, obviously had Cuevin as my under 21 goalkeeper mm. he's a terrific goalkeeper there's no doubt and uh yeah, no, he, uh, you know, I think he'd have been keen to keep a clean sheet against Scotland and thankfully he did and uh, and obviously we finished up with a 1-1 one, one, one draw in the Ukraine. Um, we were chatting here um, earlier, we were trying to think of all the great League of Ireland rivalries and we were saying the Cork City Dundalk 2016, 2017, yeah. 2015, 2014. That era was probably right up there, would you agree? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like uh, you know, I've been down here over. Like I'd, I could tell you a lot of stories about uh, here. Do you know what? My, I brought Longford here, yeah. and um, it was a good, great Cork team. We were only up out of the first division, and we Stuart Bourne scored an unbelievable goal, mm. and uh, just in a replay, we, we just got through, probably fortunately overall, and. Um, it just shows you the way the margins are. Derek Mountfield lost his job that day, and yeah, I remember yeah. ringing him. Remember ringing him midweek. Said, "She's Derek. I can't believe it. Like, we could have been out with ninety fourth yeah. minute, we equalising the first leg, and the margins. And he was just so dignified. You know, he was brilliant. And um, I remember coming down here in two thousand and five with Derry, and yeah, uh, you that know, was a that was a big night. You know, for Cork, and you know, it was a sellout. It could have been sold out twice, three times. We got no tickets from Derry. We just didn't give us any tickets. <laughs> There's still plenty of Derry fans over there. They even less than that. didn't give us any tickets, but I think uh, um, the uh, it was it was obviously a, a night to win the league and yeah. and, and and Cork win it. And it was a, it was a long a long trip home the following day because there was no motorways then, and it was uh, you know a seven and a half hour trip yeah. back. And but it was um, uh, special times for the league, and of course uh, a lot of go- a lot of great nights here. And it would be great to see Cork City back in the Premier Division. The- I suppose the League of Ireland needs Corksy in the Premier League. Yeah, like a Colin Healy, you know, he, I'd look, you know, everyone would want to see him do well because he was a terrific player here, terrific player for Ireland, for Cork. Um, he coached, obviously, you know, it wasn't handed to him. He went and coached the youth academy, he coached at, with the Ireland under 19s with Tom Moan, mm. and uh, he's come in here and he's a brilliant player. Uh, you know, he has brilliant values. You can see that with the team, and uh, it's a young team. It'll be, mm. it will be tough to get up. Yeah, they're going well at the moment. It won't be easy. Um, the uh, so you know he could be. You know, he's a, he's a brilliant person for Cork to have in charge now. Really, uh, 
great football guy really talented and hard working and uh, very understated you know uh, but uh, really really uh, Great, great fit for Cork at the moment, and for Cove Ramblers as well. It's their centenary year, massive year for them. I mean, like it's yeah. been a tough season for them, but they showed tonight that they certainly have the players to to mix it. Yeah, it's listen. It's always it's always a battle for Cove because um, it's a small club. Resources aren't easy. You got to travel. You got to travel every week. It's uh, it's a, it's a, you know they've always got a fight to exist mm. as a, as a League of Ireland club and they'll always have that battle and they know that and it's a great breeding ground for players to come in and play in the league and get their opportunity to play in the league and show what they can do and give themselves every opportunity and it's a breeding ground for young players to go and play in the league and that's that's a fantastic opportunity for Cove. You stepping back in here to Turners Cross as Republic of Ireland manager as opposed to say Dundalk manager a couple of years ago, I'd mm. say the the reception must have been a bit different tonight, was it? No, listen. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a it's a, it's a great football ground. Mm. Um, short is always uh, stick, but that's uh, it, when when managers come and that's when yeah, people yeah. are at the top end of the Premier. Whether it was manager Bohemians coming down here, or, uh, I remember great times our Derry and then Dundalk of course with the rivalry at Dundalk which was which was quite epic at the time so that's all part of it and what you want is passion in grounds like you never you mm. never don't want that you know you want passion in grounds and it's two and a half thousand here tonight it was a torrential rain so that would have put people off but you want Cork back in doing well in the Premier Divisions well supported club um, you know and you know you see mm. Yeah, Rovers Bowes tonight and a full house and that's what you want mm. throughout the country Cork has the potential to be if possibly the biggest in the country mm. you know and uh, so that's um, it's uh, you know so it'd be great to see them back in, in mm. the Premier for us, I suppose, as League of Ireland people, it was fantastic for us to see a League of Ireland manager become the manager of the national mm. team. Do you get that sense of pride from League of Ireland people when you're talking to them that one of us is the whole League of Ireland manager? Um, well, I sort of never take that for granted. Uh, you know, I appreciate I'm very privileged uh, to manage Ireland, but I don't see myself... You know, I think uh, it's football people all over, all over the country. Um, you know, I think people see that we've got... Obviously, we've it's been quite a radical approach and um, you know we've, we've, we've brought through just a huge amount of players and mm. I think um, you can see the talent in the recent Scotland game obviously people probably needed that kind of performance and result yeah. to back up um, having the disappointment of, of losing in Armenia mm. so I think we had um, <clears throat> we went into the Armenia game probably with just one defeat in 12 you know, we scored 23 goals from March to March and then we got another forward in this window. But um, we wanted to get better points total in the Nations League starting um, last week. But um, I think what, like Ukraine are quality, you know, mm. to be fair, they're a really good team. Uh, they are they are very good. Um, I think Scotland's strongest team for many yeah. years. They've been in the Euros and got to the World Cup playoffs. So to beat them 3-0 was very special to, to mm. you know nearly 50,000 the stadium you could feel it beforehand you know really you could feel the energy in the crowd and uh, it was great to see the players respond in a manner like that and the quality of the goals of course over those games with Michael Obafemi and uh, Troy Parrott's goal 
Yeah, and of course, uh, Alan Brown <laughs> popping up, yeah, <laughs> uh, getting that goal because Alan, Alan had scored a couple of brilliant headouts against Belgium mm. and against Serbia for his last year. So um, it was good. To, it was good to finish, get that goal because we needed a break, you know, and that mm. goal sort of gave us that. And then um, obviously Nathan, Nathan Collins getting the goal then in the Ukraine. Mm. So <clears throat> we're looking forward to September with the games against Scotland and Hamden and Armenia in. Um, you know, in in the Aviva Stadium, which is which is brilliant, and mm. um, we're building a course for, uh, you know, we want to get to the European Championship in Germany. That's been our big dream. Yeah, uh, twenty twenty four. I think this team is very, ta- you know, very talented potentially, mm. and um, you can see the fruits of that now. Uh, you know, you can see the team evolving, and you can see uh, with some of the performances we've just need to uh, be consistent now uh, in September and you can see the Irish public have taken to this team as well I think the Irish fans will support a team that works hard and is honest and this Irish team is working very very hard and yeah well, well obviously it's the evolution of the team and the style I think they obviously uh, uh, it's an exciting team you know a lot of talent uh, even players have emerged mm. and you know Obviously, we we had five uh, core players in the game against Lithuania, yeah. which was a record, wasn't it? I think, and uh, um, uh, and that wasn't without Adam, Adam Eda was injured, so he mm. wasn't available. But players like Chidozi of Ogbenia have, have evolved, yeah. you know, and, or are not, you know, have have appeared and really take, taken their opportunity by the scruff of the neck. Mm. And you know, it was unfortunate in the last one that Chidozi got injured in the Ukraine mm. game, and he wasn't quite right even for the second Ukraine game. Um, so. Yeah, he's done brilliant, obviously. Uh, but um, so yeah, we're looking forward to the games again. You know, uh, we we had a, a mixed window. You know, we know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we show him with the with the four points, with the with the the training and victory against Scotland and the, and the performance in the Ukraine. They're high high quality performances, and that mm-hmm. shows what the what the sort of players are, are capable of. Yeah, and as you mentioned, fifty thousand people in the Aviva Stadium says it all. Really, like this, mm. fans all the games in the Aviva have been brilliant. Like yeah, Belgium in the previous two all draw, brilliant. Portugal mm. nil all. Since the crowds have come back, we've seen some brilliant games. The, quali- the, the quality of the Portugal game was outstanding. Was amazing, you know that nil all. It was nil all draw, but it was really high quality game. Real, mm. really high quality. And the game against uh, Belgium, obviously, uh, we it was a tough game against Ukraine, which. Uh, um, we're disappointed to lose that game very narrow margins um, the goal we conceded from out the touchline which we weren't happy with but um, we got a lot of criticism for that mm. um, very you know we had easily the better chances in the mm. game so it was you have to take the criticism when it comes does that bother when you, you do, when you get criticism like no I'm, I'm used to getting criticism I don't mind it I just don't like when it's agenda based mm-hmm. there's plenty of agenda based stuff you right. know and um, I don't like that you know and I think uh, it's pretty, but I don't mind uh, uh, I don't mind you know I put criticism part of the job and you have to you have to accept that when you lose and, and, and I'm well used to that I've been managing a long time I can deal with that that's fine um, but I feel um, so much support all over the country yeah. people on the ground all over the country really believe that they're excited by the team and uh, and they know we've had sort of hiccups and we've had to live through that and that can be, that can be tough and then they've seen you know other performances like we just spoke about mm-hmm. uh, in the Portugal 
uh, Belgium and uh, we'd scored, scored a lot of goals like when we in that period there we beat Luxembourg 3-0 away Azerbaijan 3-0 away for Qatar 4-0 we were scoring goals in that period so and obviously we beat Scotland 3 so we've just we've got to uh, do it more consistently now yeah exactly yeah and um, I suppose I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here what was your favourite game in Turners Cross in your managerial career that's really tough now I must say that's really tough um, what was your favourite win uh, yeah <laughs> we, did, sides. we had a big win here actually even in 2018 Chris Shields scored here to win because um, um, we had you know we found it hard to win here you mm. know it's a tough place to win um, that was that was a terrific uh, win uh, over the years we, we had big you know big wins here with Dundalk but we also you know lost plenty as well mm. and um, it's uh, and you know over the years with, with, with the various teams I've been with and had the pleasure I always enjoyed coming here and it was always a tremendous atmosphere and particularly uh, when the Whoever you know, whoever your manager was, right up the top end of the yeah. when two, when the teams are right up the top end of the Premier, you're going for it. You know, it's 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 electric here, around the ground coming in, and it's always uh, a full house. It's it's uh, it's a great place to be. Stephen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. No, thanks very much. Thanks, thank you. Pleasure. Thanks. Yeah, that was so much fun chatting to the Republic of Ireland manager Stephen Kenny. Uh, really good fun talking to him about his League of Ireland career and the rivalry with Cork City and all that stuff. Uh, and uh, great to see uh, Stephen at the cross last night. And I thank him for his time and talking to us uh, for the big red bench. Uh, if you missed any part of that, it'll be on our podcast at uh, redfm.ie. Uh, is where you can get that in just a bit or you can get it from wherever you download your podcast we're here for the next 10 minutes but after that the legend that is Stevie G will be up with uh, the uh, block party for 7 to 10 for all the best in music after the big red bench but still 10 minutes to go we're going to go back to German McCarthy in a bit just going to hear a little bit um, from Claire Boss Colin Collins speaking uh, to the media following uh, their loss to Derry I suppose a combination of, of a couple of things um, first of all you know full credit to Derry um, a clinical display uh, fantastic finishing especially in the area of goals uh, fantastic display all around the pitch and um, you know to match that we needed things needed to go really right for us and I don't think they did I don't think we uh, I don't think we played particularly well in a lot of aspects of our game and uh, we were punished and that's, that's pretty much it it was a bit of a mountain alright conceding those early goals was exactly what you don't do and uh, unfortunately that's where, we're, where we were coming from um, and the other thing was that any time we kind of made a break to get back at them they answered immediately with a goal so that you know that goal before half time was a killer as well like we had got it down to six I think at that point but uh I, listen, you know, you can go on and on and on about Claire. You know, you've got to give credit to, to Derry. It was a fine display and, and, and uh, he has a fine team. And, Did they do uh, anything you didn't expect? Did they do anything you didn't expect? Not really. You know, one of the things about being the same division as, the, as Derry, you, you're, you're aware of their, um, you know, what they, they do and their, their players, their personnel and what they can do with their personnel. Not really. There was no, there was no surprises there. Uh, I suppose that's as clinical as they've ever been in front of goal though. <laughs> that was one thing. Yeah, that's that's a tough one on even if it was only another twelve team you had and you took them out and they didn't perform. You'd be kind of you'd be cheesed afterwards, you know, but uh, I don't think the lads would have been would have been happy with how, how they played and 
but um, you know you're as good as you're allowed to play you know sometimes you take away from the the, the, the winning team and I and in no way take away from Derry's performance they, they were really good yeah, it's Con Cons there of Clare speaking after uh, Derry's uh, big win over his side and uh, Derry into the All-Ireland uh, semi-finals and uh, yeah, they were very, very good today uh, were Derry Cork, of course, looking to join Derry in the All-Ireland semi-finals taking on Dublin in Croke Park. We're waiting for the second half to get underway. That's uh, just about to happen. Ger McCarthy is there for us. And Ger, that was a good 35 minutes for Cork. There are three points down, but people would have expected it to be a lot more. Very much so, uh, Rory. The, the one thing is with that performance that it gives the players a lot of confidence going out for the second half. Um, they kicked some pretty bad wides, five and all, and they should be. They could possibly be level. So, look from a Cork perspective, you take the scoreline certainly at half time, but the performance is hugely encouraging. Moving the ball well, all of the full forward line have scored thus far. The big question now, Rory, is though, can they keep it going to third quarter? This is when usually Dublin do their damage, and you've got to keep holding them, stay within a couple of scores of them, and take it into the final 15 minutes. And who knows? Yeah, as you mentioned, Jer Cork's work rate was incredible in the first half, but that work rate comes at a cost, and that it's exhausting. So it remains to be seen can Cork maintain that now, as you mentioned, uh, for the start of the second half. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, but they do look very lively this evening, definitely, uh, Rory. There's definitely a spring in the separate the Cork players. One thing we've noted, John Cleary, the interim manager, has picked the same team virtually for the last three games. And that familiarity is definitely helping the players. Everybody knows what they're doing. The movement off the ball is really impressive. And like to hold Dublin to 10 points, it sounds almost like a cliche, but if you're holding Dublin to 10 points in the opening half and you're sticking with them and you're able to track them, you're definitely doing all the right things. Uh, the only kind of gripe I'd have, as I said, those, those five chances they missed were definitely scorable, Rory, and that may yet come back to haunt them. But look, I think in midfield, Ian Maguire is definitely getting on a lot of ball and definitely from the back line, the half-back line tonight, more so than the full-backs. Matty Taylor's getting forward quite a lot. Uh, Johnny Cooper's getting up there as well. The two full-backs, Potter and Kevin O'Donovan from Nemo Rangers, have been going up and down the wings in their previous matches, but not tonight. They're detailed to keep a hold of that Dublin full-back, full-forward line. And thus far, everything is going to plan apart from those poor wides. Very much in the game. And three points is certainly not insurmountable the way mm. Cork are playing. Yeah, huge 35 minutes ahead. Finally, Ger, a seagull update? Well, I'm happy to report that uh, <laughs> most of the seagulls have, have flown <laughs> off into the distance. The only concern with the seagulls, for people who don't care, and that's nearly everybody yeah. when it comes to the media, they're not just flying around, Rory. They're attacking. They're coming in. I think they're sniffing out the coffee and the sandwiches that people are trying to trying to steal and bring it home with them. But um, look for now. Thanks for the thanks for your concern. I, I, I'm okay. That's the main thing. But Cork, Cork three points down. Dublin out for the second half. Let's go. You're on the rebels, Joe. Sure, thanks for that, boy. No matter. That's Ger McCarthy there in Croke Park for the Big Red Bench. We'll have post-match reaction tomorrow. We'll hear from Ger on the show tomorrow as well and from our Cork legend Paul Kerrigan to wrap up uh, the day's action. But that's pretty much it from us on the Big Red Bench this evening. And uh, Thank you very much indeed for tuning our way. If you missed any of our show, you can get it back on our podcast. It'll be on redfm.ie very, very shortly. And uh, you can get that from wherever you download your podcast from. Here's 35 minutes ahead for the Rebels. Fingers crossed the Rebels can get it and beat up. And how fantastic would that be? If you missed our interview, with Stephen Kenny it is uh, going to be on our podcast as well really really interesting chat uh, with the Republic of Ireland manager but from Stephen Kenny to Stevie G the block party is up next enjoy your Saturday night folks The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM